So let's get into our 11 o'clock conversation then. Mutubi Hoppa is a poultry farmer. He's an author and an entrepreneur. Mutubi, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm great. It comes at a terrible time, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, the kids that in kingdom and mm. for the, 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 the students, you know, mm, mm, uh, mm. It's, it's, it's a terrible time. I mean, I was at VERS in, in 2004, you know, we had the same, you know, protest. Mm, it's worrying mm. that after so many years, this thing is not sorted out, you know. And Mutubi, what, what, what did you study? I studied mathematics uh, at VERS and I did honors in journalism after that. Mm. And now you're a poultry farmer. <laughs> link link the dots for me. Where did, where did it all come? First of all, the fact that you moved from maths to journalism, I'm just like, who does that? You're way too smart to be a journalist. Seriously now, I think journalists are smart. Eh? <laughs> uh, yeah. um, no, um, I, I, I think, I think, I just I just have the love for poultry, you know. Mm. I'm an entrepreneur, I think. Uh, if you need it, really need to understand what I do, I'm an entrepreneur. And uh, I think after graduating from Vets University, I couldn't find work, so I was in deep store. Then I started a newspaper. Mm. And after that, yeah. it, just, it just started my whole entrepreneurial journey and how I look at life. So you see that even what I study, it's... you never really gonna connect if you really look at it that way uh because i try and 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 be as basically i try and look for things that will develop me in my vision mm. uh, i i really mm. do not focus on a certain kind of study uh if it's not gonna benefit my vision so you, you, you talk about having <laughs> Mutupi. This is what I'm going to do. We're going to go to a quick break so that Mutupi can put all his phones on silent, please, and we'll be able to continue the conversation with less interruptions. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. So we continue our conversation with Mutupi Hopa. He's a poultry farmer, author and entrepreneur. Mutupi, I hope you've managed to uh, put your phones on silent. Yes, I'm sorry about that, Katie. I switched <laughs> it off. Uh, it caught me off guard. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm no, sorry no problem at all. So tell us about then, you know, the journey of getting into agriculture you say you found yourself at a place where you were unemployed but you had started a a, a, a local newspaper in dipslet and that then began the entrepreneurship journey for you yes um yeah and then uh, i just basically went home and uh i think at that moment i was training mathematics teachers mm. and um mm. uh, i started uh then putting a little bit of my money uh, and bought chickens at home uh, in my mother's backyard, basically. I think it was about 200 chickens laying eggs. I think you have not experienced the kind of passion that you, and the kind of uh, 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 love and the kind of, uh, you, you get moved by the moment you start to become productive. Mm. And I, I think mm. I, basically everyone at home was very shocked about us producing 200 uh, eggs a day, back in the days, which was like 2013. So yeah, that's how it started for me. And then we started supplying Mahuba's Group Hotel, expanding the business at home. And uh, yeah, then I moved and I joined a friend of mine and we started a farm. At that stage, we were producing 12,000 eggs a day uh, in Modi Modele. 
So, so you move from producing two hundred eggs to producing twelve thousand eggs a day. Yes. That's incredible. Yes, I mean, uh, it's it's a, it's it's it speaks about being able to scale your business. But talk to me about what it took to be able to get there, because I know there'll be many people who are listening and interested to hear about the actual process itself. Yeah, um, I think the very first thing is that uh, I like what Adesina said. He said that uh, you know a lot of us are going to be millionaires in Africa from from agriculture. But we cannot be uh, millionaires if we look at Afri agriculture as a way of life. So I think the very first thing that we need to correct, especially around the African spaces, the black spaces where our black people are at, is that we really need to start looking at agriculture as, 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 a, as, as a business. And the moment you start doing that, you start realizing that there are certain levels that you need to get at to start to become profitable. You see that in our workshops, we'll, we'll tell people that in order to be considered commercial in egg farming, you need to, to, to be producing at least 2,000 uh, eggs. Below that, we people attack me for it, but I say it's gardening. Because if you're sitting in your garden, you're producing 10 spinach, that's gardening. And if you have 10 chickens, that is still gardening. So you need to take it out of the gardening space into the commercial space. And that mental framework needs to be together so that you understand every single thing you are going to do is going to be sacrificed until you meet your first target, which is 2,000 chickens. Anything below that, you're going to think that farming does not work. How did you move from the production phase of your business to then being able to be a supplier? Um, like you're saying, your, your, one of your first big breaks was supplying the Mahobas Kloof Hotel. Yes. Um, I think uh, every, uh, Kathy, every, you, you'd understand this, that every single entrepreneur, their very, very first and main goal is to be a sales agent of their very business. So um, I think we just started bumping into hotels and, and approaching hotels, approaching restaurants and approaching basically whatever institution or whatever business that we think mm. we, we mm. will be interested in X. And we just started knocking on their doors uh, uh, until, you know, we started getting, uh, you know, few of them, you know, who were interested uh, in, in, in securing our staff. Uh, so I, I believe that is that is the, the the essence of every entrepreneur to to really seed and, and 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 strategize and start knocking on doors on people who you think are gonna be sourcing eggs and and these are restaurants these are guest houses these are hotels these are you know food companies you know so uh, we just need to be wired in that way that we we are first and foremost the sales agents of our companies and we need to do the hard work in in terms of sales. At which point did your business begin evolving to uh, simply from the egg laying and being an egg supplier to now being full-on poultry farmer? Um, I think uh, <laughs> I think in twenty last year we we started what we called uh, our company now called AfriFarm Crowd, and AfriFarm Crowd is just basically a crowdfunding company that then is targeting a million eggs and the moment you start doing that then you know it takes a different kind of a mindset uh and i think for me it really started last year when we started planning uh afrifarm crowd because if you are going to produce one million eggs a month it basically means you only need to open 
a market so big so that you can be able to take your produce which is I think you see that we are working on a on a and on a fruit and veg shop that we are going to be mushrooming around townships and it's going to be called black stores which will also open up markets for other uh what's that black farmers we do that so that uh you know we we're not going to sit with inventory of eggs in our farms mm. so i think mm. last year for me it started last year when we actually started planning afrifarm crowd realizing we need funds that's number one secondly we need markets and if we can have funds then we'll be able to fund uh, the markets that we need listening to listening to your journey you you make it sound easy motobi you know the, just how you're explaining it and yet we know that farming is a very labor intensive um job you know it, it's something that requires blood sweat and tears uh, before you can actually advance your business to the next level that's true <laughs> i think one of the toughest things we ever had to do last year mm. when we were delivering chickens is finding ourselves sleeping in garages because we'd be driving overnight throughout the uh, the lockdowns we're driving and, and arriving in polokwane or in 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 in, 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 in umtata early hours of the mornings and uh you know it's, it's hard work mm. uh, i won't take that away mm. sometimes we have to be in the other farm uh receiving chickens from 8 a.m. all the way until 2 a.m. the next day mm-hmm. so um it's it's hard work and i need to stress on this and i'm happy you you, you spoke about this it's hard work uh in the beginning we used to i used to do this with semi which is semi is my business partner so i used to just work at the at the farm with semi alone so we would work at the farm and run and go and sell and come back and feed the chickens until we started employing people and that takes a little bit of Uh, hard work from your hands but that does not mean that you're not going to be hands on because farming in itself needs you to be a little bit of hands on in terms of the monitoring so the next to that is to put in the monitoring systems you see we then start in uh, putting in the cameras uh, and all these things that we need to help us do the better monitoring and the people at the office who we are employing now will then help us to monitor so that you know things can go well even in our absence but i agree with you it's terrible hard work how do you prevent chickens from going missing you know just how do you keep account of all of them a couple of eggs going missing every day yeah uh, that's the type that's where the type of job is cuz cuz you know you know where we stay you know where we live um i think theft not only internally but from external people mm. in south africa is is really the the, the 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 toughest i mean in our farm in walkerville we've had so many breakings you know so uh even from the staff you know sometimes that happens so you know you better install cameras you see if there's one thing that i need to advise is that you better start installing cameras uh so uh your also your production uh, records will tell you just about where are you expecting your eggs to be at and you see in our training our farming uh, workshops we we train people on this on the production curve because the production curve will really tell you at this specific week you're supposed to be making this amount of eggs mm. so your curve cannot you can make uh, 1000 eggs and suddenly make 200 the next day if that happens then there's something that needs to be controlled and you need to start getting to the bottom of what it is so there are things that we can put in as control measures to be able to to track that 
Talk to me about the book that you have written and what exactly inspired you to put this book together. And, you know, it's calling Chicken Farming Master, How to Make Money from Chicken Farming. And the workshops that you're holding, at which point did you begin to see that you could change um, you the, the offering that you have from just being benefiting yourself, but f- to also extending a, a, a hand and w- a word of advice to others who might be interested in, in getting into the sector? Yes, um, I think we've we've always said that we need we don't need to beg a table at 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 big retailers. We need to we don't need to beg table uh, to beg a space in the table. We need to create our own table. And as we are creating our own table, along with that, we need to bring other people who are gonna join us on the table when we dine. And it's just a simple concept in that. Uh, in order for us to be able to do that, we need to train as many as we possibly can, because as we do that, we'll create jobs in those markets where they'll be working. But uh, over time, it benefits us because we are a company that wants to, to own retail shops. So over time, these people are going to be the people who will be supplying us. So we look at it at that vision in a we help them and they're eventually going to help us as we go along. Um, uh, and... Uh, uh, the book, the book just basically came out of our workshops. We started realizing that even people who have started chicken farming are making so many mistakes that chickens are either sick or they are overfeed their chickens or they are just lost. They are not, don't understand why are they not making money. So um, the book was created out of all that, out of this experience. And, and I mean, our chicken farming workshops have been all over, I mean, uh, all over the country, even outside the country. So we have really sat down and took all these lessons uh, and put them in a book. What have been your biggest challenges? Phew, I guess our biggest challenge uh, has been the change in market direction due to COVID-19. I think there was one time when we were selling just about 4,000 point of lace a week at about a weekly revenue of about 400,000. And uh, suddenly, you know, with COVID-19, a lot of things started changing. Um, and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, we've, we took a knock in that things that we normally would get uh, fast and, and easy, like cheeks and all these things, uh, started to take a really long time for us to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. also import a lot, so a lot of poultry stuff. So uh, something that a, a shipment that will take us 25 days now, took us four months and you can understand what that does to your bottom line uh so i think for us that is that has been one of the biggest challenges ever let me, yeah. let me let me go to colin in in cape town colin a very good morning to you good morning to you Pumela, and uh, your guest you know your guest is taking me back many many years ago in the 60s <laughs> my brother and myself we used to uh, buy boxes of day-old chickens those days and it used to be delivered by rail by train to to the station you go and you collect collect your two three boxes of day-old chickens and then we used to have globes and bulbs and keep them warm and things like it as, as you said it's a, it's hard work you you you, you got to get up early you got to check you lose quite a few day-old chickens you know mm. and then afterwards um uh, we sold the uh, when the chickens got bigger and bigger and so and so we had to make sure 
uh, we gave them little growing meal, and when they got bigger, laying meal, and so and so, we sold the eggs. But things uh, turned out that we weren't allowed to do that in a residential area, so we packed up. But it went on very good, uh-huh. but it's very hard work. So how, how many chickens did you guys manage to, at the height of the business, how many chickens did you guys have, Colin? Um, we were getting uh, once a month a box of 100 chickens, there's 300, you know, three, wow. 400 chickens. Sure. But, um, uh, you know, uh, you, you've got to keep them warm, they're little day-old chicks, man. Uh, uh. And you've got to have a globe and heating, and, and next morning you get up and you look, oh, there's two or three or ten dead, it's your loss and things like that, you know. Uh, it's a lot of hard work, eh? Hey? It's hard. And I was just thinking, most of our South, South Africans, a handful Get up your four o'clock in the morning. Mm. They like to sleep till the sun comes shining. <laughs> and that's no good for a farmer. So I agree with your guest. Uh, it's hard work. Uh, and what happened to the business, Colin? No, it wasn't. A, uh, well, we sold to the neighbors and oh, things like that. Oh, I see. That. I see. So but very the small council, scale. Somebody yeah. reported us and said no. <laughs> so they could know. Uh, well, well, we had a big plot of ground, you know. Uh. A bit of bush around there and things like that. But then after the bylaws and things like that, we had to be on a farm, not like a residential area. Yeah. So my dad said, hey, back up, you know what I mean? You're not allowed to have chickens and things like that. So <laughs> we, when we came to the end, we were actually sorry. We might have been chicken farmers today, but anyway, ah. that's where it goes. All right, Colin, thank you. Thanks thank you for calling in. What a lovely story. Um, I'll wrap up with Mutupi after the 11.30 news headlines. Nandika standing by. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. I'm in conversation with Motubi Hoba. He's a poultry farmer, author, and entrepreneur. Uh, and Colin, thanks for that call reflecting on your own story. Moiketsi, do you also have chickens in your backyard? Not exactly. Uh, good afternoon uh, <laughs> to you and your guest. Yeah. I don't uh, have chickens, but I did uh, poultry farming some years back. Mm. Indeed, it is quite... Um, something, uh, there's hard work that needs to be put into it. Um, I did broilers from day old up until 21 days we used to slaughter, and it did very well. It was a project in Peter Diff. It was a community project sponsored by PG Bison, mm. but uh, we were able to bring in other key stakeholders to actually sponsor the project. I've got a question, actually, uh, in regards to the, 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 the workshops. Are there any other workshops coming to uh, especially the Castoras area. One, number two, I just opened up a butchery uh, in the township, so I need some uh, supply. We buy eggs around um, a box back, and we're really struggling to get quality eggs from there. And I've established a market here in Castoras, Castoras, and Tokoza. So I would need um, to find out from your guests to see that where could one get supply, and are there workshops coming anytime uh, in Castoras? Oh, fantastic, Mogedzi. Mutubi? Hi, Kezi. Yeah, uh, uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, sure. We we have eggs, uh, uh, and I think it's simply to follow our Facebook pages, African Farmers Magazine. African Farmers Magazine, we can be able to talk uh, and see how we can supply you there. Um, workshops in Kathoras, we've been asked that many times. Maybe it's time we start considering it because we normally host in Pretoria and Midrand. So we'll look into that.
and and maybe uh, Mutubi, just for the benefit of, of of our other listeners, where can they follow you in order to get information about some of the workshops that you're holding? Yeah, the best to do is to look for a page on Facebook. It's African Farmers Magazine. Okay. Uh, that is our Facebook page there. Then you'll be able to 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 see everything that we do there because we also normally just also teach on the page as well. Okay, so you see everything that we do there as well, and even the workshop updates they are there on the page. Let me just go to the WhatsApp line and uh, somebody. Okay, so a message from anonymous here. Interesting from your guest Kathy. I would like to know how they've managed to integrate their business with technology, especially in terms of administration, and whether they have those sophisticated egg grading machines. <laughs> sophisticated, <laughs> yes, very much. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, we have uh, the egg grading machines. I think they go about seventy uh, k, depending where you get them. Uh, but in terms of the using uh, technology, you know, today's cameras, you can simply get cameras for about 3.5 that you can set up using Wi-Fi and be able to monitor even from your cell phone. Mm. So mm. I guess this year, that is the biggest project that we are doing, uh, integrating that with our office. So having somebody at the office at the top of every hour checking all of our farms and how they are doing. Uh, we've been installing the cameras. So as soon as everything is done, we're going to integrate that with our admin person at the office who will be able to do that monitoring uh, using Wi-Fi, of course. Uh, I think we live in those days where we are able to do this. And if you don't mind my asking, Motubi, how many farms do you have? Um, We've got one in Walkerville, we've got one in Hanops, and we've got one in Polokwane. Polokwane one is just basically at home. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm. Let me go to Jay in Durban. Jay, good morning. Good morning to you. Hi. Yes, how are you? I'm well, thank you, you Jay. I, I loved uh, your guests talking about you. They wrote a book. That is fantastic. And this close development is something so very, very important for our generation, young generations coming up and economic situation. And, you know, uh, taking it to youth in schools, I know uh, people haven't got a lot of technology and the idea what is really going on. But if, if, if we can develop it into, you know, like a film type of, you know, what they are doing on the farm, how they go about doing it, like putting it on projectors, taking it to school, and then you can get the students asking various type of questions. And then they will realize it's not uh, just uh, laying eggs and frying the uh, eggs, you know, cracking the uh, eggs and frying the eggs for breakfast. Mm. It's a lot, a lot of hard work. It's 24-7. It's um, bringing up a baby is very easy, but bringing up chickens and growing them into ends and, uh, and broilers and all that, it's a pretty hard work because I know I was there with my husband and he sometimes used to leave home like one and a half, two days and come back from the farm quite distant. Mm. And yes, many, many of those live chickens die on the way while you're de- delivering the, during the heat when it's very, very hot and things like that. There's lots to be done in technology to keep these chickens going, uh, you know, air-conditioned uh, vehicles, coolers and things like that. 
And I tell you, it's a fantastic business. It's very interesting and very, very rewarding if you're prepared to work hard. Oh, Jay, thanks. Thanks for that call, Jay. Yeah, that's the impression that I'm getting. And oftentimes, you know, when you look at the videos, I'm looking at some of the videos, Motopi, that you've tagged on my uh, Twitter page, and I'm I'm seeing them. It just looks so nice and manageable. But when I hear about the hard work that goes into it, that's the part that I guess people don't get to see, you know, what, what actually leads to the process being what it is. We've also got a couple of WhatsApp voice notes. So let me play uh, just two of those. And then we'll wrap up with Mutubi. Good day, KP and the guest. Kindly ask your guest for me, KP, what kills the cheeks? It's losing timber. All right. So um, I wanted to play the, the, uh, another voice note, but Mutubi, maybe just give us an answer to that. Um, there's two critical things that we need to remember. The first thing is that the cheeks come from an incubator of 37.5 degrees Celsius. You can't take those cheeks and move them a day old to your 22 degrees Celsius. They are going to die. They're not going to cope with a change in temperature. And mm-hmm. I think this is the biggest, and this is where most people lose their cheeks. So to mitigate against that, heat your chicken house up, start heating it up two days before the cheeks arrive. And make sure that your preparation is proper. You've got wood shavings on the ground so that they don't catch the cold on the floor. And from there, make sure you've got your gas heaters because we cannot rely on ESCOM. You know, load sharing can kill all of your chicks. So try and put in the gas heater as an alternative source. And from there, your chicks must make sure that they come vaccinated. And some really is just problems from the hatchery uh, that you cannot really control. But the one biggest thing you can control is to heat your chicken house. Hello, Auskathy, and good, good, good morning to your listeners. This is Bashu Mogotli. I'm from uh, Sikukune, Jinfest, just outside Bologna. I know the guy. Actually, I, I read multiple articles written by the guy. And I'm so proud to say he's my church member, by the way. So I just want to say congratulations to him. May he keep up the good work. And I'm also one of the inspiring uh, farmers. I hope he keep on setting the example. Big ups, bra- uh, uh, Mutubi. Big ups. All right. Thanks for that WhatsApp voice note. Mutubi, you're getting some love. Okay. On that note, your parting shot for our listeners today? The parting shot is let's go farming. Uh, we've got the biggest shot to re reimagine South African economy by going into farming. But the beginning of that is that we must manufacture feed, which is what we are currently working on. Let's keep working and let's keep uniting and let's change South Africa for the better. We need to create those jobs that were lost. And the best way we can do that is to go back to farming. Thank you. Mutupi Hopa, thank you so much for your time on The Talking Point today. He's a poultry farmer, author and entrepreneur. He's saying, let's go farming and, you know, just be prepared to get your hands dirty and do a whole lot of work. Uh, My grandmother was a farmer, so you can imagine school holidays. Yeah! Although in fairness, we were mostly sent to take the food to the people in the field. So I mustn't lie. And sometimes, sometimes... 
with with the with the harvest in 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 her backyard we had to get involved and um yeah as a child you can imagine you're like we could be playing why are we doing this but now now that she's gone I wish I had learned more from her hey I wish I'd learned her jam recipes and all sorts of other things that she would put together straight from the ground and onto the dinner table